In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the two wins against Palermo and Bologna. We'll be previewing Pescara, Frog of the Week, Moji of the Week, Moratti of the Week. All of this and much, much more only on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo il principe, entra in aria, è solo, il tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol. Forma Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo. È lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter, l'Inter vince. E Dillo, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa. I più forti siamo noi. Benvenuti, bentornati, welcome to a new week and a new episode of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavallo-Iruzzari, and I'm joined by the only person in the world who I think loves Skype uh, more than I do, namely our favorite rock star, Mr. Jez Dior. How are you doing, Jez? <laughs> I'm good, man. If, if, uh, yeah, if Skype would just let me be for a little bit, that would be nice, but we got this ongoing beef here. <laughs> They don't want. They don't want me to log on. So, <laughs> but no, I figured it out today. I'm great, man. Um, I, my favorite part of your whole beef with Skype was when you thought you were skyping me, but you phoned my cell phone instead. Yeah, see, like I don't know. I don't know how to work this thing, bro. <laughs> it's crazy. Genius, genius. Right. I'm also joined by our own uh, Semprinte.com's own preview king, the king of previews, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. How are you doing, Mohamed? I'm all good, guys. Uh, how's things with you? All good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like you said, six in a six in a row, eight in a row. However you want to look at it. Yeah. Well, six is what counts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we're also joined by the king of the frog of the week, Mr. Max Deluca. Hello, hello. How you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Everything all good over Very here? Very well. You're not snowed in. Yeah. No, it was like uh, 60 degrees uh, Fahrenheit on uh, on the weekend. There's no snow whatsoever. It's crazy. Global warming. But it's a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Somebody who might not be as happy, uh, I'm, I'm suspecting, is the founder of ultrapalermo.com. You can find him on uh, Football Italia. Welcome to Studio Inter, Mr. Lorenzo Vicini. Hey Nima, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you feeling? Well, when your expectations are uh, rock bottom, <laughs> there's not much further lower you can go, right? So uh, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I just got to give you a shout out, though, because when I tweeted out that in, like, when it was looking so boring and nothing was happening, I, said, I tweeted out, this has got Palermo 1-0 in the 75th minute written all over it. And then you said, no chance. And one second later, Inter scored. Now, that is either amazing predicting abilities or you just, you're, you're, you, you just got Murphy's Law implied, like is, is, is you got a case of Murphy's Law harder than we do. <laughs> yeah, right, well, all you, gotta, all, all you have to know about Palermo's season is that they have had one clean sheet all season long, and that came uh, uh, towards the beginning of the year. So to me, uh, it was only a matter of time. Indeed, indeed. So, if we go to the match itself, I mean, it's been a horrible season, and I think it's safe to say that the, your troubles this season kind of already started uh, last season, when, when the merry-go-round of the coaches perpetrated by Zamparini was at its highest. I mean, with the whole Yakini thing and all that, maybe that's kind of you know, slipped over into this season. But if we look at the game, I was impressed by how, how uh, Corini uh, got the team to play uh, against Inter, who arguably are the, the most informed team in, this, in Serie A right now. What do you think? Yeah, so for Palermo, first, first, we are literally in the darkest time period throughout the club's recent history, at least. And uh, the stuff that you saw last season was kind of Zamparini really being fed up with maybe the ownership of, of running a professional football club. Um, and part of it, the scary thing from a, a Palermo fan's point of view is seeing the, um, 
the the same path that Zamparini is going down that he went with uh, Venezia. So this season you had a chance to reboot and um, really uh, try to prevent anything from the previous season from happening again. Transfer campaign was non-existent. We literally did not get the the right players that um, the coaches requested. And so then you saw this slight merry-go-round here earlier this season. As for the Inter game, uh, the, the thing is, is that Palermo's biggest problem is that, uh, number one, the defense, but number two is that they have very few uh, opportunities where both the offense and the defense show up in the same match. So what you'll see a lot of times is, um, especially this season, surprisingly, they've scored the first goal uh, numerous times this season, only to just utterly collapse after that. Uh, the game yesterday was... Um, just the opposite. The, the the offensive side really couldn't get going. You had no midfield support of uh, what seems to be our only threat up top in Nestorovsky, but um, the defense held firm for a while, but you know, all it takes is one one particular lapse in, in judgment and for Palermo that lapse always occurs. So uh, <laughs> you know, it was a matter of yeah, I, um, but but I gotta say I, I was really impressed by how well you guys defended. I thought your your three your defensive three really frustrated Inter up front, and uh, then Icardi. Well, I mean, what, what what did you what did you make of? I mean, I honest to God, I, I I would have bet my mortgage on him scoring there. I mean, what did you make of that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's just uh, it, it. It was pretty unlucky on that particular play. But uh, the the problem with the defense. Like I, like I was saying, isn't that there isn't necessarily talent. I think that, that uh, you have some fairly capable people. Gonzalez, who you know is an international with Costa Rica, and uh, you have a young, promising Italian defender in uh, Eduardo Goldaniga. But the problem is, is that when, when you are under the kind of pressure that this club has been in for the past two seasons, in which any sort of mental mistake um, – can be capitalized on time and time again, that's a fragile state to play in. And, and, and these players, you know, playing so well for 70 odd minutes, uh, you know, it, it's just one slip up. And, and as you saw, I think uh, in that particular play, it was uh, 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 Bruno Enrique who did not get back in track. Uh, uh, who, who scored? Joao? Joao Mario, Joao Mario. Mario, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, in that particular play, the two defenders were positioned really well on their men, but uh, Joao slipped in the back there and, and his, his marker did not track him, and it, w- it was a nice goal. To quote Maurizio Zamparini, did that make you chew on your second testicle? <laughs> uh, I don't think so particularly there, but let me tell you, you'd have to have... You'd have to have a whole bag full of because <laughs> the way the season has gone. Okay, <laughs> uh, Mo, have you got any questions? Something you want to ask, Lorenzo? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like this is like the standard question I ask every uh, guest uh, we have on the podcast every week. But it's it's basically like I want to know what next for you guys. So the drop is is almost inevitable. What then is he is Zamparini going to sell? Uh, is he going to stick over the summer? Rebuild from Serie B? What's the deal? Where do you see uh, things going, Lorenzo? So, so that's a very good question, a very uh, pertinent question, even as we speak, because uh, uh, just taking uh, a peek at the news today, um, the whole talk was what Zamparini was going to be confirmed on the bench. Um, it had seen that uh, Zamparini was talked down uh, off the ledge, I should say, by his third sporting director this season in uh, Salerno, um, who said, yes, we want, we need to keep Corini on the bench. We can't, um, you know, keep, keep on replacing these folks. Corini himself, however, has demanded some intervention on the transfer market, or at least, you know, honestly as to what uh, and where Palermo goes from, from here. I mean, you are 11 points off of, um, Empoli uh, at this stage in the season, and, and, and Corini put it best in, in that it would take a sporting miracle to to try to uh, avoid the drop this season. Zamparini's problem is that he's kind of caught in between uh, uh, two decisions here, and it, it doesn't seem whether he wants to um, 
truly admit that we will be heading to Serie B once again, but nor does he want to give up on this season, yet he's not making the, the, the required moves on the transfer market. So it's yeah. a really tough, tough position to be in. And on top of that, um, he has stated time and time again, his, his, uh, his motive to sell the club, Cleveland buyers, uh, the most interesting here at the beginning of the season was Michael Jackson's personal assistant, who was a Sicilian American, um, <laughs> who even was even even things uh, uh, Zamparini himself when when the guy flew into to to Palermo, he was greeted at the airport like a king. It was pretty incredible. Um, so he he was trying to appeal to Zamparini as a fan of the club, but also that he had some. Uh, uh, willing business partners uh, around that, that time. Zamparini kept talking about these things take time. I know, speaking to you all, uh, you can attest to that fact as well. Um, yeah. Since then, Zamparini said no, no to the Sicilian American. He said uh, uh, when they did have a things. Uh, uh, meeting. It did not seem like the proper financial um, wheels were in place to move forward. So he was banking everything on this Chinese group. However, um, it's been pretty silent on that front. And Zamparini has even made a couple of um, acknowledgments in the past couple of weeks that even that situation is looking bleak. So now uh, we're dealing with no prospective buyers, a club that is certainly going to be in Serie B next season, barring um, the sporting equivalent of Leicester City, but uh, <laughs> without the rewards. And, um, you know, what, what seems to be a tired and unwilling uh, president here. So I feel like, uh, sorry, uh, no, no, I feel like there's a lot of uh, uh, parallels between Samparini and... Uh, and Berlusconi, you know, like uh, maybe on a different scale, but the Chinese are coming, they're not coming. It's an old president who's got a lot of passion, but seems to have gotten off his rocker a bit. And, you know, <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, the, the situation uh, seems quite uh, quite similar, Milan and uh, Palermo, no? Uh, it is absolutely true, except we don't have the kind of purse or budget that uh, at least Milan yeah. has, right? Yeah. I will say, as far as uh, Zamparini going off his rocker, I mean, it's been a steady march for some time. <laughs> uh, last, last season, uh, I was so fed up, and uh, uh, I had even emailed Zamparini, not expecting a response, but um, he's the type who probably would respond if you got a hold of his email, which I had done. And so a couple of days went by and sure enough, um, Oh, I got a response and it was no way. Uh, no way. What did he say? Amazing. What did he say? Please say what he say. <laughs> You're talking he, about my he, idol here. <laughs> uh, let's just say he gave me a point by point breakdown of what went wrong last season. This was also last season towards the tail end. Uh, I think I was making an appeal that you cannot keep switching coaches and, and <laughs> holding the players responsible. How can that possibly be? And, and to be honest, I wasn't any sort of personal attack. I was just trying to plead with the guys, please <laughs> just let things be. And he, what would be, I would say he went on quite the rant in which he was trying to um, shed blame, uh, said, you know, some of these firings weren't his fault. They were Iacchini's. And then he started telling me about um, the players on the roster and how good they were and how, you know, we weren't much different than a team like Roma, for example. And uh, Alexander Tchaikovsky was our uh, Palermo version of uh, Mohamed Salah. And uh, he... <laughs> Let me just say this. He... You might have noticed you might have noticed a, a, a tall striker who came on for us uh, yesterday late in the game uh, named Norbert Balog. Um, yeah. Zamparini referred to him as the new Ibrahimovic. So um, <laughs> he was convinced that, uh, that you know all it takes is a little time and, and this guy will explode. And to Zamparini's credit, he's gotten some things right before, but there's been a laundry list of things. That, you know, he clearly has missed the boat and, you know, there's a lot of would have, could have, should have. But in this situation, um, you know, 
he he really is at the end of the rope, and I just hope that um, now there are some questions about his um, his finances, and, and there's a, a a real worrisome feeling at this point about the future of the club. Uh, to, to end the letter, by the way. Uh, it, it was at least two pages long, and at the very uh, end um, of the letter, you know, how your email sometimes has that auto. Yeah. He typed that on his iPad. <laughs> it, it came straight <laughs> from his iPad, so uh, it was pretty hilarious to me to envision uh, Zamparini probably laying in his bed, uh, hunting and pecking <laughs> on an iPad as he let out this lengthy diatribe about uh, the transgressions of the previous season, uh, including spelling some of his own players' names wrong. That was also entertaining. <laughs> of so. course he does. Of course he would. Uh, uh, Max. Lorenzo, Max. who would you like to see uh, replace Carini? Who would be your first choice? Uh, I'm sorry. What did you say? Uh, who would you be? Who would be your first choice to replace Carini? Because Zamperini's itchy trigger fingers infamous. Uh, so I don't yeah, believe for uh, one well, second they're going to keep him. Well, the news earlier today was that he, Zamparini was um, um, convinced to let Carini stay. But the latest breaking news was that Carini, who demanded some interventions on the transfer market and has not gotten those guarantees, is. Uh, seriously considering resigning. So that could take place tonight or tomorrow. Um, in terms of who can replace him, really the problem hasn't been the coach. Uh, you look at the Derby, who was a young uh, coach who probably came in under his head, and Zamparini in some sort of uh, wild maniacal twist let, let De Zerbi continue on the bench despite losing 10 matches in a row. It was pretty insane. But... Um, uh, Whoever comes in and replaces him, like I said, it, it's hard to create masterpieces when you're dealing with paper mache in terms of players. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure who, other than Ballardini, who had seemed to work a miracle last season, there's not really any name out there that can, uh, you could give us Guardiola, you could give us, uh, you know, Mourinho. I don't think that the results would drastically change given um, the shortcomings uh, in our personnel. I hear you. So, um, so basically, uh, if I'm just allowed to make one Michael Jackson pun, which I've been like roosting now for <laughs> ten minutes. So, do you, do you think that do you think that Palermo? I mean, is that it for Palermo then? If they if they moonwalk out of the Serie A, will they be able to? <laughs> will they come back? Will they? Will, they will, will, will Palermo? Do you think be able to come back into the Serie A? I mean, that's that's a really really good question. And and when it occurred three or four seasons ago, um, the the expectations were an immediate return because there were solid pieces in place. If you think about how Palermo got relegated. Uh, several seasons ago, it was a little bit fluky in that um, some key injuries uh, held some key players out of the season for a long time, a lot of <coughs> unlucky results, and once again, the instability. This time around, yes, the instability is a factor, but once again, you have you know very young kids who don't have that exposure to top-flight football who are being asked to perform without a lot of veteran leadership. And you had a guy like uh, Sorrentino last season who literally um, earned at least six or seven points on his own. Now we, now you have this kid, Posovitz, who is a good goalkeeper, but he's, he's too young and he's prone to making some pretty bad errors. Uh, you go down to Serie B and and you look at a roster as it as it stands, and there's not a lot of breakout talent. So I don't know if you all remember, but Paulo Dybala was on our roster in Serie yeah, B. I remember. And, you know, he started to perform in the second half of that season, but you also had guys like Franco Vazquez, yeah. uh, Abel Hernandez. I mean, you had a lot of quality players, so when they just tore through Serie B, it was expected. Um unless they plan to restock and uh, get the right players in there, this current roster, um, I doubt, would win Serie B. What do you make of uh, Oscar Hiliamark and his problems with uh, Zamparini? Because apparently something has gone terribly awry there. Yeah, it, it, it appears that uh, he is on his way out. And I, I, feel, for, I feel for him because when he uh, first joined Palermo, he was in such 
blistering form mm. that um, he became an instant favorite amongst the fans. Uh, and then towards the second half of last season, he kind of faded uh, a little bit, and he's never been able to recapture that form. Now, part of it may be his fault. Part of it is probably the instability around the club and the expectations or him having to shoulder too much of the burden that um, this midfield doesn't really have uh, an anchor in. So, you know, I, I feel for him. I think at this point they are looking to sell only to recuperate funds to buy some other players. And uh, that's the state of affairs that we're in right now. I do think he's a good mid- midfielder. He's young. He's got a lot of promise. And, you know, him being in the right system, you'll you'll see him probably regain that form. It's just that the pressure in in – in, in Sicily right now is too great to really see anybody, um, being able to uh, handle those burdens. I just have one more question before I hand you over to Jez. Um, I just want to know, do you think uh, you'll uh, extend with Robin Quaison? So at this point, uh, his contract expires at the uh, at the end of the season. There really hasn't been any talk of renewal. The club definitely does not want to let him slip through their fingers uh, the way other players have done in the past. Uh, at this point in time now, there seems to be some serious um, uh, candidates showing up trying to sign him even this window. Uh, I saw something about Sampdoria uh, coming close to Cap. Tringham now, uh, Watford, I guess, have thrown their hats into the ring. But um, Palermo, if they cannot secure a renewal, they probably will sell him uh, in this window. He is a good player. I've, I've always um, uh, liked him. I, I feel that he has been hard done by being uh, played out of position or in multiple different roles time and time again. So he's never really been able to uh, find his groove. Uh, this season, the past couple of weeks, though, you have seen him with more consistency under uh, Eugenio Corini. You've seen him really start to show and deliver on his potential. He's a good player. Uh, I feel that if he does um, leave Palermo, some team that signs him will be uh, very happy with him. Cool. Jez, you want to ask Jez something? Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, you, you've covered some of it already, but... In your best case scenario, but keeping it within a realistic view, what would you like to see happen with the club over the next five years, you know, being that it will be pretty hard to stay in Serie A this season? What would you like to see over the next, you know, five years or so? Well, to have a five-year plan would be nice, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, True. Really, really, to find to find an owner who who will come in and, and take over the reins. Sampardini, you know, it's a love hate relationship with him for many fans of the club because you are very um, uh, thankful for the things that he had done when he came in and he bought a yo-yoing club and brought them yep. on the cusp of a, a Champions League berth. But ultimately, he was probably done done in by his own uh, machinations and uh, temperament. We, we can say so <laughs> if you find an, a, a new owner for the club yeah, if you find a new owner for the club the first and foremost thing that you need to do is that they are not going to promise the world and then uh, make bad signings or b- bad financial decisions you look at a lot of the clubs around Italy right now and that when new owners come in that's the first thing to think of uh, I do get worried though seeing clubs like Parma and in Siena and, and others where finance management has ruined them. Uh, I personally think Sampdoria's current owner is um, a fraud himself. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's that worry, the, 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 the uncertainty uh, aspect to it. But um, the, the thing I'm fearful of is, uh, is another long, drawn-out process where you are mired in the lower tiers. Mm-hmm. So um, if it's Zamparini, he's got to retool and get back to the basics and get a squad that is built around, yes, uh, young talent, but also you need those veterans to provide that leadership and that, that, that steadiness that uh, so often goes lacking when you have too much youth on the pitch. Um, the other thing that you can only pray for is more stability. I mean – we are on our third coach of the season. That probably won't end there. We are also on our 
third sporting director that also <laughs> hopefully won't end. Uh, I mean, hopefully will end uh, there as well. But um, you know, another uh, Sicilian who who I know personally, who was the longtime press secretary at the club uh, and has spent the past two years uh, as team manager uh, has also just left the club and he's joining Parma. And if you think about that, um, a Sicilian working at his club that he has mm. been beloved and uh, holding to all his life, grew up alongside to leave the club now in one of its darkest periods really um, is quite alarming because it probably says that the Chaos that we see um, ahead just as chaotic. Mm, yep. Doesn't sound that good. But before we let you go, I mean, I think everyone has a uh, favorite Zamparini quote. Uh, my personal favorite of all time is when he's asked by a journalist, when do you know, uh, are you going to sack the coach? And he said, I haven't decided yet. And he's asked, well, when will you decide? After I finish eating this ice cream. <laughs> that is my all-time favorite. Which, which, which one is your favorite? Man, there, there are so many to choose from. I know we made the, the, the reference to the, the eating his, his other testicle because he let go of your current coach, by the way. That's where that quote came from. Yeah, I know. Uh, when, he, when he let go of Pioli. Um, I don't know about a particular favorite. All I do know is that when he starts referring to his uh, his coach as uh, like a son or like a wife, you know there's something <laughs> bad about to happen uh, in the next few days. Because every time he has said that, it has been <laughs> a, uh, just a short time later when they get sacked. That's great. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if people want to follow you, what's happening next for you and uh, where can they follow you? So uh, right now, uh, if you have, so I spend a lot of my time nowadays rather than writing because uh, free time has, has um, you know, not been as steady as it used to be in my younger days. Uh, although the site, uh, Ultra Palermo, isn't always uh, active, uh, the Twitter handle is, and uh, I do tend to live tweet the matches uh, as well as uh, <laughs> any news. I also have my own personal account, Vicini Lo, that... Uh, um, you know, it provides stupid commentary on uh, <laughs> the meanderings of Syria A and the like. So uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, married life and the professional life uh, takes its time away from uh, some of those things. And let's be honest, when your club is in the state of affairs that it currently is in, that enthusiasm <laughs> to, to, to keep going kind of wanes a bit. I hear you. I hear you. But I got to say, my favorite tweet you, you is, is the same tweet you tweet out every time, every day before <laughs> Palermo game and it's how will Palermo disappoint me today <laughs> yes uh, uh, it, it became a common theme uh, this season in fact I realized I still need to respond to that one from yesterday so I'll probably do that after after this call right here <laughs> you know uh, you got humor humor you got to take some humor in these situations otherwise you'll just utterly be depressed and uh, we got enough of that going on in the world so uh, that, anything to keep the mood light agreed well thank you so much for coming on lorenzo and best of luck because palermo are, are, are one of those you know it's a big city it's a big piazza as they say in italy and i hope that the that the, the ownership situation resolves because i think we need the more teams we have from the south of italy it gives that kind of vibe to italy and the Serie A, which i think it needs gives that fanaticism and heats the games so best of luck and um i hope to see you soon again all right thank you guys best of luck to you all as well you guys have some uh, really good players and uh should be an exciting second half of the season speriamo <laughs> <laughs> okay ciao ciao ciao, ciao. Right. Well, um, before we move on, I just wanted to ask uh, Max, do you have, uh, all of you, if you have anything else you want to say about the Palermo game. Uh, Max, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm over the moon. I mean, uh, Lorenzo Barbera has been a house of horrors for Inter uh, in uh, recent years. I think that was our first win in six years yet on uh, Sunday. Um, glad to see that when Icardi and Perisic are not firing on all cylinders someone else can step up and in a game where the weather was less than ideal 
again, we're in enemy territory, although there was probably more Inter fans than Palermo fans at the Barbera yesterday. It's nice to see we can pull out a one nothing victory. It's uh this team uh this team has it I think right now. I don't wanna I'm not gonna jinx anything, but uh very, very happy where where we stand. Well, um I, I gotta say, um I, I, I put this I tweeted this out and I also put it in my uh, terzo tempo yesterday and, and um, again this is not something I'm making up, this is absolutely true. Yesterday was Inter's sixth consecutive Serie A win. Number six, João Mario, scores the only goal in the 66th minute to help beat Palermo for the first time in the Serie A in six years, pushing Milan to sixth. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this shit up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, nuts. Uh, I read that. I didn't know uh, if you were taking the piss or this was real, but it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. And, and it's true. It's honest to God. I'm not making it up. Um, well, Jez, what, do, you, do you have anything else you want to add before we move on? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what more can you say other than, I mean, six in a row and said, yeah, I, when was the last time, I think, 2011-2012 season that we did that? Abs- absolutely, absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, you know, over the moon about that. Um, and something that I brought up every single time I've been on the podcast, and I haven't been able to say it happily until now, is that we finally have that winning mentality. And I think... You know, uh, there's no way under De Boer or any other manager we would have been able to pull out a 1-0 win here or, in, you know, uh, pulled it out in any of the other games. But, we're, you know, they're just going for it and, and they're attacking the whole time and, and going for it without being scared. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy. Great. Well, let's move. We, we also let's move on to the second game we played uh, earlier in the week against Bologna, an absolutely insane Coppa Italia tie, uh, where Jason Murillo scored the goal of the season first, and then Palacio after fantastic movement. We all got to see what we wanted to see. We got to see Gabi Gol play for for quite a bit, and then they came back, and then Inter won thanks to a goal of Candreva. I was personally, you know, what I, you know, I was a bit annoyed with this because that's. Because I did not want us to play 120 minutes going into Palermo away, because it's always a difficult ground for us. But it was a very entertaining game, um, and 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 Murillo's goal was just insane. I mean, what was that, Mohamed? Yeah, yeah, that was a top top draw finish. It was uh, like I, I had to double take when when it was Murillo reading away from the penalty area, celebrating. Really, that was him. But it was uh, it was fantastic stuff. And it was honestly, I think, with equal joy, it was uh, seeing uh, Papa Palacio uh, get on the score sheet. Yeah, it's been such a nice. long time. I feel like, and he sell, he was, you could tell the goal meant a lot to him, and uh, it was just it's good to see him happy, man. I love Palacio. Yeah, yeah, he's been a good player. Um, I, I, I didn't think we were going to linger too long on this uh, game, so I'm just going to say, if you guys, uh, Max, do you have anything, you have any comments you want to add to the Palermo game? Well. Oh, the Palermo game? Sorry, Bologna, Bologna. Bologna. Yeah. Sorry, Bologna, Bologna. Uh, Morelio obviously listened to the to the pod last week when we said uh, <laughs> he was the most disappointing player uh, for Inter in the first half of the season, so he thought, I better go do something special this week. <laughs> and yeah, I, what a goal. I, I gotta say, I think you've taken over the inverted jinx for me, because he, that wasn't just the goal. That was like, that was the goal of the season. I mean, a bicycle kick running backwards, timing your body, and then kaboom! I mean, uh, <laughs> I did you don't see know. the Twitter, the Twitter uh, gifts of like the different angles uh, in the Miazza showing that goal? It's incredible. It really is incredible. Um, right, Jez, do you have anything you want to add? I mean, yeah, that's everything. That in that game, that that goal was insane. like when he scored that goal, I just started laughing so hard I couldn't believe <laughs> that it was Murillo that scored that that goal like that. It was completely insane and incredible. Um, other than that, happy we won. You know, we'll see what happens in the rest of the the cup. Yeah. Right. Let's move on. Speaking, we we've got uh, Pescara at home on Saturday uh, uh, at eight forty-five, I think, or eight thirty uh, Central European time. And we, unfortunately, it's without my boyfriend Gianluca Caprari, who inter own and who uh, unfortunately picked up a yellow card and will miss out this match due to suspension, uh, which I think sucks because I, he's my boyfriend. I love him. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but before, before, we, uh, before we go on, uh, Mo, I was, uh, you want to get into the preview? 
Well, actually, that, that was one of the key things I wanted to talk about was the fact that the, the only thing that could have possibly get us excited about this game, other than the, the prospect of another three points, was uh, watching Caprari play. But sadly, uh, we won't be. Uh, but honestly, it's it's crazy. A uh, very very nice run of games for us before uh, before Juve. The only team doing worse than Palermo is is uh, Pescara. So uh, facing them at uh, at the Miazza should be uh, very very straightforward. We're going to be missing Ansaldi, of course, uh, due to his uh, his sending off. But I think uh, Santon <clears throat> in a game like this should uh, be more than capable of uh, deputizing for him. But yeah, no, I mean I, I see nothing but uh, hopefully. Uh, win number seven in a row, you know, uh, sure, we can't get too cocky, and, and, and Pescara, when you look at their at their squad list, have, you know, names, uh, albeit over-the-hill players, but names uh, that have uh, made their mark on the Serie A at some point in time or, or the other, so we can't get too complacent, but at the same time, it's very, very difficult to see that uh, the team that's only had one win all season long so far uh, can can take some points off of us at uh, the the San Siro and this uh, form that we're having. Yeah, I agree. Uh, personally, um, I, I honest to God, like if this was an away game, I'd be worried. But this is at the San Siro, and I really can't see how um, how Pescara are going to to threaten us uh, at all. Uh, last week uh, we we were kind of uh, predicting the starting lineup against Palermo, and and I said he would start with Galgardini and. Uh, Brozovic and he would he benched uh, Joao Mario uh, and that's exactly what happened but this time around yeah. I want I want to see Joao Mario from the start because I think he he should be the first name together with Gagliardini that Pioli puts on there I mean what do you think Max Yeah absolutely um Pioli doesn't want to play uh Benega and Joao Mario at the same time so it's either one or the other at this point but uh I don't know about you guys, but I guess form is a little bit worrisome. I, I thought he was, again, off the mark, like too many wayward passes. And then I think Inter really improves when uh, Joao Mario came on for him. So I think, yeah, Gagliardini and Joao Mario should be fixtures in the midfield and then maybe do a little bit of rotation with Brozovic, Kondogbia, and, uh, and Benega. Mm, agree. So, Jez, yeah. going into this game, what, what, what do you want to see? How do, you, do you want to do you just want three points or do you want Inter to play well? Because Inter did not play well against Palermo. No, um, I, I would like to see sort of more of the performance that we had um, a week ago against Kiev and in, in that first half, despite being scored on, I think that we were so, so strong. So I would like to see that again. I don't think that, you know, I would be shocked if we ended up dropping points here oh. at home um, against Pescara, who they are dead last, I believe, right? Yeah, we're thirty. Nice we're thirty points ahead of them in the in the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I would I would like to see uh, Zhao Mario from the start as well. I completely agree that Benega is out of form. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a no brainer to go there and and pick up the three points. Uh, the question that I had is Ray Minaj still on Pescara or did his loan get terminated? No, he moved to uh, he he moved to Pisa, where Gennaro Gattuso is coaching, and there's a new ownership that came in. <laughs> there's a new ah, ownership. Interesting. Yeah, no, there's a new ownership at Pisa, and uh, they convinced Raymanaj to uh, sign for them on loan. So okay. yeah, he's over there. Yeah. So prediction time, boys. Mohammed, prediction scorers. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm I'm hoping for uh, a landslide here. I'm hoping for at least uh, four goals. Four goals, clean sheet. Clean sheet for sure, uh, but at least uh, three or four goals. And I, I mean, I want Icardi to blow Zeko out of the Capocannonieri table. I want him to put uh, put his mark on, 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 on the list. Uh, so at least a couple of goals by Icardi here because uh, Zeko scored over the weekend. So uh, let's say uh, Icardi for two, and then uh, Perisic finds form again, gets one. And then another midfielder for another. So, uh, 4-0 enter. Nice one. Uh, Max? Yeah, I'm going to... I agree with Bo there. Um, the Pascar has given up uh, three goals, and I think uh, uh, three of their last four games. So, goals are going to be uh, there for the taking. I think Icardi is going to score a hat trick. I think we're going to win 3-0. Um, 
I am a little worried though because we get, we have Juventus next, and this is a classic trap game. So I hope I hope we focus solely on on Pascara, take care of business. And I sound like a broken record on this pod, but I just want a business like performance in the first half where we take the lead. I just want to have a lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jez, what do you what do you predict? Yeah, I think. Uh... Probably a, a nice three 0 is what I would like to see. I'd really like to see Gagliardini score his first goal for the club. He's already come close a few times, um, so nice. that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be nice. And then maybe a brace from uh, Icardi to yeah take uh, take Jekyll and, and Iguain and all them away from the Cabocanieri. That's exactly what I was going to say. My prediction: it's three uh, 0 brace from Icardi and Gagliardini getting on the score sheet. That was uh, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. There we go. Right, right, and then and then obviously before the before the Juve game, uh, it's the Lazio game in the quarterfinals uh, on Tuesday, which I think is ridiculous because we play on the day. I mean, we play the quarterfinals in the in in the Coppa Italia on the day the transfer window closes. I mean, that's just a stupid day to have a game. I don't understand that. Anyway, let's move on to the part of the week where we pay tribute, where we rip the piss out of, as well as make fun of. Uh, starting with my absolute favorite, the king of frogs. The king of the, the, the past few weeks of frog delivering gold, and people have been laughing their asses off telling me. So Max, here you go, Max DeLuca, frog of the week. Well, we're going to take the easy way out uh, this week. Um, we're going to go with uh, the former uh, Milanista Marco Van Basten um, and his 10-point plan, his uh, football revolution. Did you guys see that? <laughs> he wanted to up, take away offside. And it's yeah. like, are, are you insane? <laughs> I'm going re- to read a couple, all right? <laughs> Points yeah, from his 10-point plan. He wants to abolish the offside rule. He wants to introduce an orange card. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? He, want, he wants take-ons instead of penalties, like run-ups, like MLS style, so you don't shoot uh, from uh, the penalty spot. <laughs> so, you no, know, yeah, this is, this is not the onion I'm reading off of. This is his, his plan. Um, on-the-fly changes, like hockey, you know, in ice hockey, how you change on the fly. He wants to introduce this to... The football, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I think I think this guy's still mad. Like uh, I'm not sure if he's serious or not, but he came out with this, and he was a uh, universally rid- universally ridiculed, and rightfully so. I mean, if you want to change the game, let's uh, let's have retroactive bans for diving and play acting, and let's take out penalty shootouts in the finals of major tournaments. Not this ten point, whatever. Yeah. You know, this, this is insane. It's not, but uh, does he have a, like a, a reason for this shit? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's a, his official title is the FIFA. What is it? I had it written down. The rules technical direct FIFA technical director. Um, so this is kind of his job, I guess now. Okay. So he's with FIFA trying to make the game better, so this is his attempt at kind of making the game better. So I, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I absolutely, I, I think Van Basten has been spending a little bit too much time in the red light district in Amsterdam <laughs> and, and consuming, you know, dodgy pills. Because when I thought, I, I thought, honest to God, I thought it was April Fool's Day because. That's the rules you have when for kids in Sweden that play seven aside, like you know swaps on the fly, you know not the offside rule because they're five, four, five, six years old, and they you know you don't do that to professionals, and and it's just, it's just ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. So no, I I I, I read that and 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 I think you know I I don't know. <laughs> I think he needs to back to the drawing table there, Marco, because <laughs> <laughs> this one he didn't think this one through. Yeah, right. he's the Ranaki of the FIFA technical director, whatever he, his job title is. <laughs> I just want to say a little like this, a good runner-up to that is 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 got to be Zamparini's comment about. Not just eating his te- not eating his testicles, because the entire quote goes, when he had fired Pioli, he ate his second testicle 
because, and I quote, I'd already eaten the first one up. <laughs> Which is just yeah, I don't even know what amazing. to say to that, Nima. Right. <laughs> I don't think there's much to say <laughs> yeah. to that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Zamparini, what can you say? Right, um, let's move on to uh, the negative part with uh, the Moji of the Week with Mr. Jess Dior. Yeah, so uh, my Moji of the Week this week is a bit different. Um, I'm very, very happy with everything going on uh, in the football world, clearly, considering how well Inter is doing and everything. Uh, so this one will... Uh, go out to my fellow Americans who feel the same way as me. Uh, the Moji of the Week has to be that Donald Trump has now been inaugurated <laughs> and is officially the President of the United States of America, unfortunately. Um, I'm, I'm very nervous about what's going to happen over the next four years, uh, so I could not look past that. I, I think um, when I, the funniest thing I read uh, online was when FIFA, when they released their idea, when FIFA released their their plans for World Cup 2026, and somebody said it's a very optimistic idea of FIFA to think that there's even going to be a planet in 2026, <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel because this, you know, Donald Trump has the nuclear football. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Out of all people. It's like it's, it's it's like an '80s pop culture reference, you know. He's like the bad guy. It's like, you know, I don't, you know. It's like it's like I don't know what's her name. What's his name from Dallas? You know, J.R. Ewing has the running. It's just insane. It's just insane. The whole thing is so fucking insane. It's so. But yeah, crazy. that's 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 and the guy who gets offended on Twitter by everything and everyone has got the nuclear codes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just got my copy of uh, Insane Clown President by Matt Tabby in the mail today, so uh, I'm pretty pumped to read that. He's uh, one of my favorite writers <laughs> yeah. from Rolling Stone. He's great. I'm definitely going to definitely going to buy that as well. Just to calm me down that, you know, there's been crazier shit has happened before. <laughs> right. Uh, let's move on to something more positive. It's uh, the Morati of the week with Mr. Mohammed Nasser. Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! Yeah, my Marathi of the week. Uh, this week, I tried to uh, find something a little, a little less obvious than uh, maybe the Pioli or the Man of the Match winner. I got to give a shout-out to Steven Zhang. This guy is not only a, a good luck mascot, but he's been doing a lot of hard work with the team, uh, appearing everywhere, traveling with them. There's even pictures of him getting on the bus with the guys. And I think, I mean, not only does it send the right message to the team, having uh, the owner's son, uh, you know, with them almost all the time, something that uh, Tohir hasn't done or hadn't done at all. But also, I think it sends Suning the right feedback, you know, like, you now know that Suning at any point in time are are very well informed about what's what's actually going on with the club, and it's it's also comforting to know because I mean clearly now by now we know that these guys mean business, and you know uh, it'd be worrying if they didn't have someone on the field, and you would know who they're getting the information from. So I just I gotta give a shout out to to, to this guy, man. He's 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 there. He's uh, he's he's with the players. He's everywhere. Thank you, Mr. Suning. <laughs> I gotta agree with that. I, I'm so for me, it's 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 the entire Suning rule. I think they have just done everything the right way. I mean, yeah. this is taking over. I think they've they've never made they've made a single mistake. And Auxilio said that it's it's incredible to think that in six months everything they've done, not just in terms of marketing and finance, just everything, every everything they've done, they've turned this club around. I mean, they have a Steven Steven Zhang. I mean, he, he's the perfect CEO. He really is. Yeah. I mean, he's he's with the team. He's he's Ivy League educated. He knows the business world. He can report to his. He reports to his dad every single night in a like it's part of his day job to report back to his father to explain how th everything is, and and he just gets stuff done and and, and they yeah. do it the right way and and it's just so impressive to see the way they're running the club. Finally, we've got some, we've got we got good owners. Like, it's pretty crazy that, uh, you know, I don't know if we said this last week or not, but 
I mean, you know, sure, it's a dream, and, and, and personally, I dislike him very much, but the fact that Lionel Messi and Inter get mentioned in the same sentence, and it's not necessarily a joke, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, but, but like, this is, this is how much we've, like, how much at least we can dream now, as opposed to, you know, the Mazzari days, the dark, the dark years, where we had Scalotto and, uh, what's his name, that guy, a bald guy from Lazio. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I really, uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Suning. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Well, um, I'd like, I'd like to thank Lorenzo, uh, Vicini for, for joining us and revealing, and I would, I will pay, I can guarantee you, Lorenzo, there's a lot of people who would pay a lot of money to see, to read, be able to get a copy of that email Zamparini sent you, myself included. <laughs> uh, so I think maybe you should auction that one out to charity or something, because I could raise a lot of money. Uh, I'd also like to thank Jez. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And I to thank Max DeLuca. And your column will come out this week? Yeah, I'm going to write it tonight. Um, we failed to mention uh, Juventus's new logo. I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was saving that. I was saving that for... for no, no, no. And I was... Because it was... For me, that favorite part was, was to see how fans of other clubs, not even in the Serie A, who are just ripping it to pieces. The stick figures taking a dump. The stick figure of Icardi <laughs> bone, like spooning Juventus. I mean, it, it was just, Twitter went crazy that day. I was crying that day. And add the irony that the guy, that the people, the ad agency who came up with that is called Interbrands. Just, just made it, just, just completed my day. But having said that, uh, our own uh, I- image creator, Team Milikic, has come up with a fantastic, uh, subst- uh, with a fantastic idea to, how, to Juventus to how to improve their new logo, which has been criticized. And we will, we will, we will release that um, on uh, Wednesday next week because Sempre Inter cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'd like to thank Mohamed. Looking forward thank to you, your preview. Thank you. He's looking Thank forward you to a preview against Pescara. And until next week, my name is Nima Tarle Ruzzari, and sempre e solo Forza Inter. Forza Inter.